Hello, thank you so much for joining me for episode five of Back to Life, the podcast where we talk about healing and creativity. My name's Millie, I'm a DJ and broadcaster and in this podcast I talk with other artists, musicians and all types of other creators about what it is to come back from difficulties, things like mental illness, addiction, trauma and the role of creativity in their path to healing. As someone in recovery myself, I can attest to how powerful it is when we share our stories honestly. These are vulnerable, sometimes very sensitive and often difficult conversations but also filled with humour, lightness and plenty of hope from some really inspirational people and gone on to live meaningful lives fired up by a sense of purpose and passion. Today's guest is DJ and Artist Recovery Club facilitator and founder Ruby Savage. Ruby is an absolutely incredible DJ and has had a pretty exciting career in music from working behind the counter at Honest John's to being the label manager at Giles Peterson's Brownswood record label. During lockdown, she started a new project. She founded the Artists Recovery Club, which is a 12-week course initially online where people come together and work through the book, The Artist's Way, which was written by Julia Cameron. Uh, But this is with Ruby's own unique spin on it. Uh, If you've not heard of the book, The Artist's Way, then don't worry, we'll explain everything. But basically, it's a book about how to heal your creative blocks and free yourself from the self-defeating beliefs that stop us from creating. I'm so, so excited to share this podcast with you. I've wanted to dive into this topic forever. Uh, So as you'd expect, our conversation is all about the nature of healing and creativity, but also spirituality, the importance of play, overcoming your inner critic and adult ADHD. Okay, let's roll the podcast. Ruby, hello. Thank you so much um, for joining me today. I'm really excited to speak to you. I'm really looking forward to to this chat because um, we're going to be covering some things that I've been fascinated by for a while, like The Artist's Way and uh, the work you're doing around that now. But last time we spoke, you were about to do your first gig um, and it was no small thing. You were reopening Phonox with Jada G, no less. How was that experience? I mean, it was everything I dreamed it would be and more, but also with a constant sort of underlying slight panic and fear of like, oh, are we doing this? But um, no, as soon as we got in the booth, it was just like riding a bike, really. Just got in there, got into the music. People were just so up for it the energy was explosive and yeah big shout out to Jada um she always brings it but I just feel like the whole building got lifted that night and yeah for me personally it was just amazing I I think I definitely like shelved some of my creative juices or just like yeah just crave energies because I was like I can't access it right now it's you know gonna have to just put that somewhere and yeah bringing it back out dusting it off it was just yeah incredible enjoyed it so much it looked amazing I mean I saw some videos on Instagram and it just looked insane such a vibe yeah yeah so how did you get into DJing I mean I've always been obsessed with music since I was very young uh and I was definitely somebody who was on the dance floor for a very long time just absolutely loved the dance floor and uh I think 
I was for a very long time sort of a, a closet DJ. Um, I would dream and fantasize about it, but just never thought I could do that myself. It was a very, you know, male-dominated scene. I grew up in Amsterdam, learned a lot from listening to their music, but I didn't, yeah, I didn't have the confidence to get in the booth myself at that time. It, it took me a long while to get there myself. And I guess my way in, finally, was uh, through radio. I started doing radio and I'd worked in music for like over a decade. Um, so, and, you know, I knew a lot of people. And as soon as I started doing radio, it was kind of like a one plus one is two for a lot of people around me. They were like, oh, so you play music? I was like, yeah. Why don't you come and warm up here? Or I, you know, played in like hotel lobbies and warm ups for gigs and people's parties, birthday parties. Uh, and yeah, from there, it just kind of expanded. You said that DJing wasn't something that you thought that you would go into or you had to kind of be encouraged by people around you to to do it. But did you always feel that you would work in music? Was that something that you knew from an early age? Um, no, that was another one. I mean, I studied film. I went to the film academy, um, which is so, if I look back, so funny because literally my whole life was music. I was on the dance floor every weekend uh, I was collecting music, I was obsessed, I was going out with a promoter who like threw, threw parties and did festivals, all my friends were DJs um, and yeah I just never thought it would be my own career uh, until, no yeah until much later, I moved to London when I was 23, 24, did a master's here and um, discovered Plastic People and I think coming to London really opened my eyes to like possibilities. I think there was just a lot more diversity in the music scene than it was compared to in Amsterdam. I felt represented, I felt welcomed and that kind of encouraged me. And just by like a little cheeky, uh, cheeky request, like sort of thrown out there, I ended up having a job at, or getting a job at Honest John's Records. And that was my first like real work in music. Um, behind the counter, did some stuff for the label as well. And I think from there, it kind of started rolling. But it was more because I was like, I just want to be in a record store all day. That's, that's just what I want to do. And But still at that point, it wasn't like I'm going to end up working in music. I like to put my energy to things that I love. And that's always been the drive um, of my career. It's like, I'll follow the music. I'll follow the projects that inspire me. And I think for DJing, I just, there was a different journey because I was encouraged at certain points, but I needed to heal inside myself and figure out who I was before I could present to the world my creativity through music. That was a, like, I, that was a really, that was like what made it a longer journey for me. I had to figure some shit out for myself. Hard relate to that. So that kind of brings us quite nicely to the Artist Recovery Club, which is how I came across you, because a friend of mine signed up to do your Artist Recovery Club and sent me the link and said, because we'd been talking about The Artist's Way and I have been obsessed with the book, The Artist's Way, which we'll come on to if you haven't heard of it before. Um, 
uh, for a long time because I've read bits from it that have just like resonated so deeply and I'd be like oh my god this book I, I need to do this book um um, so yeah, my friend sent me the link to this course you were doing and I wasn't able to sign up at the time. I just had too much going on. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, and then I, and then your name came up a few times and I was like, oh, let me just see what this girl, what this lady's doing. And, um, <laughs> and just, yeah, started checking out kind of what you're doing with that club and, um, and then another friend said they were going to do it and yeah so just sort of like the universe led me to you I feel yes yeah so the artist way can you kind of describe what the artist way is and how you came across it in your life yeah absolutely well the artist way is a book written by Julia Cameron it's kind of got cult status it was written probably in the 80s and published early 90s and over the years I mean millions have been sold most people that I speak to are like, oh yeah, I've got a copy of that. It's on my shelf somewhere, or I know somebody who's done it. Um, but it's ultimately a 12-week course in creative recovery. And um, I was given the book seven years ago after a really bad breakup. And I think at that point I was ready to hold on to anything. And I really needed to find myself. And I guess my uncle saw that. <laughs> and was gave my mom the book so here give this to Ruby and I started reading the introduction some of the concepts and I mean the first chapter hit me so hard it was such a reality check that I yeah had to continue I think it also really really encouraged me to continue my DJing pursuing my DJing and that's why it's so interesting that I'm now doing the Artist Recovery Club where I can see the healing that it gave me and how I've grown as a DJ and being able to then present, you know, what helped me get there to other people. It's kind of like a dream come true, like a a real great full circle. Yeah. So and so the Artist Recovery Club is where you kind of go through that process, that 12 week course, but with a group of other artists um, who feel that they're blocked as well or or need some creative recovery yeah I mean it's not just artists it's literally I would say it's specifically people that feel they've got you know something in them that wants to come out like I, th- I think everyone is creative um I'm 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 100% sure of that it's just whether you want to answer it like do you feel that yearning I think that's really that's a really kind of useful distinction because I guess a lot of people wouldn't even call themselves artists. And so immediately they might think, oh, the artist way, that's not for me. But actually, yeah, there's, I just want to read a bit from it to you, the bit that kind mm-hmm. of really hit me like in the guts. So it says, um, so basically, yeah, there's, an, there's a kind of an introduction and then it talks about um, week one, recovering a sense of safety. And it, it introduces this concept of shadow artists. So artists that that are basically kind of living their lives around other artists and art but not actually kind of practicing themselves at the time when I read this which I think is quite a while ago now like maybe 10 15 years I can't even remember where I came across it but I remember reading this and going oh my god that's me so it says artists love other artists shadow artists are gravitating towards their rightful tribe yet cannot 
yet claim their birthright. Very often, audacity, not talent, makes one person an artist and another a shadow artist. Hiding in the shadows, afraid to step out and expose the dream to the light, fearful that it will uh, disintegrate to the touch. And then it goes on and says, shadow artists often choose shadow careers, those close to the desired art, even parallel to it, but not the art itself. That really kind of resonated quite deeply for me when I read it, because I had my whole life being friends with musicians and artists and very creative people, but I hadn't found my thing and I didn't really know what my thing was. And I didn't even know if I'd dared to ask myself what that thing was. I kind of, and so I was putting all my energy into other people's projects and helping other people make their visions uh, come alive, but I wasn't putting any of that into myself. Um, So yeah, so that's what kind of made me think, oh, maybe this is for me. You know, I've never really... Spoke, spoken about myself as an artist before but I was definitely told I was creative but I'd kind of lost it along the way I mean I got goosebumps when you just read that out and because it still resonates with me uh, to this day and um, I like to remove the whole artist am I an artist am I not an artist element from the from the process because I think it's such a huge block for people, including myself, it was a huge block. I could never call myself an artist. I was like, well, I'm not an artist. And there's all these reasons very much rooted in fear uh, or even shame, bit of guilt, like, is it selfish to be an artist? All these, you know, ridiculous notions, but they're very real. What I find so beautiful about the course and about the approach through the artist's way is that it focuses on finding what gives you joy so away from like, are you an artist or are you not an artist? It's, it's really just about what makes me happy. And, you know, each week you get the questions, you get the readings, you have to like do some tasks that really dig into like finding your personal passion. And then it just says, go and try and explore. So it's taken off all the labels, right? And I really feel that that's where the healing can then start to come in and healing of the blocks that stop us because yeah I I mean when I when I read that paragraph about shadow artists I literally just sat there and I was like right literally every single person including my ex that I just come out of the relationship with was a DJ it's always surrounded myself with music heads and um and it was like such a huge slap in the face like literally like the light bulb switched on it's like oh wait I want to be a DJ (laughs) but still being you know still very much having this fear and you know this this idea that I couldn't do that because of xyz um but what I think is so great is that actually the the exercises in the book move you through those fears Um, but yeah, by first acknowledging what it is that you actually desire to do for yourself. And now when I like, you know, I check in on myself, I'm like, Ooh, what, what do I, who am I, who have I got around me? What's going on? Do I want to do this? And, you know, you don't have to become an artist or a creative. You can just allow yourself to experiment with these things without any of the labels. And I think that's, that's what helped me sort of 
enter the realm. Yeah, I really related so much when you said, you know, you're surrounded by DJs and, and then you had to think, oh, actually, maybe I want to be a DJ. Um, it was like I actually did. Um, I'd, I'd kind of started and stopped like many times in my life and I knew I'd always wanted to be it, but but I'd kind of felt like, oh, the moment had passed. I'd had lots of, you know, struggles with mental health issues and addiction and 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 life just hadn't kind of thrown up the opportunity really in a way. And and I thought, oh, the time, you know, the time has, my time has passed and I've missed my opportunity and it's a shame. I would have liked to have done that if I'd been well enough, but uh, too old now, you know, life's too busy, blah, blah, blah. And I actually was reporting at a course, um, like a girl's rock, it was a Girls Rock London course and they uh, basically get people, give them instruments and you form bands, write songs in a day. So people with no musical experience, um, all women. Yeah. And it was just this incredible environment. I was there. I wasn't even there for the whole course, but I was just there reporting for work, um, doing a radio report. And every single woman there I spoke to, I just, I, it was like they were telling my story. They were all like, I've lived my whole life obsessed with music I've been around music my whole life I feel this yearning when I see other people living my dreams that I don't have the guts to kind of pursue or I'm you know too too wrapped up in fear to even try and and when I like I heard them all and they were all there and they were just like we're just giving it a go and there's no expectations and that was like so transformative for me and I was like oh yeah, I actually want to do that too. And I literally went away after that weekend and, and bought myself some, like just a controller to start with. And, and from there, I just, just, it was all, it was all I wanted to do. And uh, yeah, and I've, I've sort of been DJing again since then. Yes! And uh, yeah, it was exactly that thing of like, yes, oh yeah, you only want to date DJs. You only want to be friends with DJs. Yeah. Maybe you actually just want to be a DJ. <laughs> I even had shame for, I even carried shame for like being attracted to people that were into music. So I was like, oh, is that all I want to, you know, be around? And I mean, it is, music is my life, I guess, and closest to religion. Um, but yeah, there's so many ways that we block ourselves. And I just want to emphasize something that you, that really, I think is such a beautiful element that you just highlighted that you were in a group of women um, that felt the same. And it's, it's interesting because the first time I did the artist way, I just did it myself. You know, you can literally buy the book today, have it tomorrow and start the course. I had no idea when I started doing it as a club with like a group of people, the impact it would have on the overall experience. It just amplifies the whole like course because you, like you say, it's empowering when you are connected to other people, you feel more heard. There is uh, so many more options for like solutions and encouragement and accountability. It's very easy to drop off. Um, you know, you can go in into the course going, yeah, I'm going to do this. And uh, it's very easy to sort of, yeah, get stuck or, you know, the voices become really loud again. Like, why are you doing this? And because it does ask you to start loving yourself, ultimately. The course is really just about giving, blocking out time and space to spend on yourself. Uh, that is... Uh, with no pressure of having to produce something or deliver 
uh, or present yourself in a certain way. No expectations, it's just for you. And it's just, I think, you know, and that's why it can be so revolutionary and, and, and life-changing because we don't realize how little time we spend on ourselves. And even 15 minutes a day can change everything. Uh, and if you can make it an hour a day, you are winning. Um, and yeah, just because ultimately I think that's what stops us from pursuing our dreams and desires and goals is we just, we literally spend one minute saying, oh no, I'm too old. And that's it. Whereas if you spent 15 minutes writing down, well, what would happen if, okay, I'm too old. What ha what happens beyond that? Um, you would soon probably reason it, yourself out of it again. But again, it's about giving giving that time. And I think that brings us to the absolute gem of the artist's way, which is the morning pages. And uh, so the course asks you from the very start, every morning wake up and write three pages of journaling, just stream of consciousness, anything that comes up. If you don't know what to write, write, I don't know what to write keep writing and it's this idea that you're spending time with your mind Marie Kondoing your mind just getting all the clutter out onto paper it's gone for the day uh, but also just tuning into yourself you know you sit there and you think okay well what is it that's that's giving me joy or frustration anxiety and writing it down it brings you back into yourself and connected with yourself and that is an absolutely life-changing act to do especially in this world that we live where we're just scrolling in through other people's lives so i i did a creative writing course um a few years ago and that was the first ex at the start of every session would do the stream of consciousness writing and as someone who also would like to wants to write and has like felt very blocked around writing that blank page you know and that expectation that every that you need to come out with some gem you know some like you have to write something that's fully formed mm. um just the freeing nature of just writing absolute drivel for three pages and that's that's it that's all you're being asked to do it can be absolute nonsense but it also gets mm -hmm. you past that kind of blank page paralysis yeah um and yeah. yeah just starts things flowing and and i think that that like you say um that's such an that's such a sort of revolutionary idea of like oh you can just do stuff and it doesn't have to be anything it's like the practice rather than the result we like to say it's about the process not perfection because i think often we want to create with the guarantee that we're going to have a result that's i don't know ready to be shown to the world but actually the joy in creation lies in trying things out and making mistakes and trying again. And once you do that, that's actually how you are building, building your creative world, I mm. guess. And so going back to what you're saying about kind of, you know, the healing potential of discovering your passion and discovering your dreams and, and putting time into yourself and being creative and valuing that it just, I was, as you were talking about that, I was just thinking that, you know, a lot of, I guess the kind of barriers, mental barriers that I have had to overcome and I guess would 
other people would probably relate to is the idea that it's frivolous, that it's um, self-indulgent, that it's egotistical, that it's um, unnecessary, you know, that it's a kind of, it's like a, it's an add-on for the privileged or, you know, or all these sorts of ideas, really. Why do you think that, you know, connecting with your creativity and and creative practice is such a healing thing and and I guess how is it how has it been transformative for you mm. big question sorry well <laughs> no 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 it's amazing it's a great question I mean I have to quote my favorite Esther Perel love her oh my god love her love her <laughs> yeah love her and um she speaks about play and she was saying play is essential to feel alive uh, for various reasons. But it starts with this play is when you're like trying something new, having fun, but it's like a bit out of your comfort zone. Like it's a bit, it's exciting. It's something unusual. And it's, it's, it tickles the senses that you need to feel like that, to feel alive to feel inspired, to feel hopeful, to feel passion. These are all essential things for living. And they happen through play, through that act, like the act of playing. And um, relating it back to the artist's way, we like, we treat our inner artist as a child or as, as something that needs to be grown. And if you think of a child learning how to walk and you're the parent, you're watching, trying to get up, stumbling over trying up and that happens over and over and there's constant encouragement to keep trying and playing with the le with legs and what was around to get up um and it's and that's how we like to approach it just see see your inner artist as as a kid that wants to play and that is learning and that is allowed to fall and drop and try again and it's fun but it's also a bit scary. Growth is scary. Change is scary. It's the unknown, but it's also what makes us feel alive. So going back to when you first sort of encountered the programme and did the programme, what was your life like and your sort of internal landscape like before you did that? And, and what was it like after? What was the change that occurred and, and how did... How did it transform you? Oh, well, I was a complete mess. <laughs> I was a complete mess. Um, and it transformed. What happened was it planted seeds. When you said earlier audacity, when you read out the book, that word stood out just loud and clear. And it continues to. I wasn't ready to embody audacity, but the seed was planted. It was there. It was like, I know that I'm a shadow artist. I know I have desires that I'm not answering and I know that I need to do healing before I, I probably can do them. But I knew it was possible. Like I felt sort of, it was just enough to feel seen, even if it was through the words on, on the pages of, that, of, of, the, of the program, to make me just take the steps. I just started taking myself serious. I think that was the first and sort of and my and my needs and my desires. I'd started taking them serious. 
And over time, I mean, I still, you know, dip into the book and suddenly something will click that never clicked before. I think it's so dense and I think we're all um, different parts of our journey and some things resonate at certain times in your life. Um, but yeah, for me, the first like six months that I did it, I think I just started making the sort of little steps towards my dreams and desires because I'd named them. Like that was already a revolutionary act for myself, just naming what it was, writing it down, it was real. And then, I mean, I'm still, it's still a process. It's, it's, I don't think it's the journey ever ends. Um, and, you know, now I've got a good couple of years to look back and see the growth and I can see it. Yeah, where I'm at, where I'm at now is that I have found so much more confidence and audacity and care for myself and have been able to release immense amounts of fear around failing, uh, mainly failing, fear around failing. I still have fear, but um, it was a heavy load. And now I've, I'm able to switch it because I know that what the, where the fear comes from. And, you know, I can tell myself, I like to call them posi -yafs. It's a part in, in part of the course is, you know, writing your positive affirmations, but I call them posi Fs or posi AF. And, you know, they can be very cringe. Other people's can be very cringe, but they're so, so vital for yourself. Find what it is that you, you know, don't, what you don't believe or can't imagine believe or what you struggle with, write it in a positive affirmation and say that shit every day. Uh, that that definitely again really resonates very deeply for me I think I identified like when I was you know like in my 20s that basically you know I had such high expectations for myself that mm. essentially I just didn't do anything I was absolutely paralyzed because I could only yeah. ever fail because there's no way I could have lived up to these crazy expectations I was setting for myself um and there was no allowing you know the journey you know you're kind of expect, expecting yeah. to be a master the minute you start and not allowing the, the the years of growth that have to happen before you get to you know mm. a point of, mm. of mastery again this goes back to this like space for plays like and we often don't see that the art we consume or that we experience you know going to a gallery going to a cinema going to a show we see it in its absolute ultimate glorious moment and we don't see literally the blood sweat and tears and endless hours of practicing and rehearsing and fucking up and trying again and having a problem that there's no solution finding new solutions uh we don't see that and it's, i mean it's literally for any artist it's a long long journey with loads of steps that are part of it and it's just remembering that when you are um you know interested in any creative form to start with with play and start with enjoying it and building from there forgetting about what it might be or what it could be because you know what all those all those works that we see they start with play 
the most amazing st and this and and they probably came out of things that have gone wrong yeah absolutely and yeah. actually it's always been um I I'd always like almost like revel when I hear people like do a dodgy mix or something so I'd be like oh great oh. they make mistakes too and it was like it was yeah. and yeah, it was always human. like yeah it was always like yeah that the, it was the imperfections rather than perfections that kind of gave me permission to just to continue basically and made me think oh I could do that too so I guess now I'm like that's my excuse for a dodgy mix it's like it's all right if, if you make mistakes because yeah. actually that's just it's human we're all human aren't we we're not machines so in fact it's it's the imperfections that make me feel connected mm -hmm. and for me like art creation it's for me it's about connection not just with self but also with others with the universe or you know whatever spiritual element um there is out there it's about connection and and feeling and when when somebody makes a mistake it's like I feel you I've yeah. been there it's like I can connect with yeah. that yeah and and the spiritual element is something I, I'd like to, I'd like to talk to touch on actually because um I, th I think that's something that often is a bit alien I know f friends I've spoken mm. to have found that that sort of side of it a bit alien um but you were talking earlier about the relationship you have with yourself and and that healing that's occurred that you you know that you are you're basically there for yourself you're backing yourself and 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 caring for yourself and um that's so beautiful and I think then and then the next layer of that is that you're now using that healing to help heal others and and to kind of yeah just shine that light in the world and and hence you know starting the artist recovery club and what a beautiful kind of journey that is of going through your own process of healing and then helping others on their process of healing and and how that continues to heal you and um, I just I wanted to know kind of how it actually came about because it it came about during the pandemic am I right so mm. yeah can you tell me mm -hmm. how that kind of how that started and how the idea came to you and 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 your first kind yeah. of your first meeting because that must have been you know like starting that kind of that seed of an idea and, and, and bringing it to life must have been quite a process and quite an experience. Definitely <laughs> big experience. So, I mean, ever since I did The Artist's Way, I've been giving this book to friends, anyone who I'm like, mm, you sound a bit blocked. <laughs> you go. And so, um, in and then, yeah, 2020, I found myself having to reach to back to the book and to some of the tools because, I mean, it, it, it was just so traumatizing going through 2020 and um, and also not being able to DJ. That was my creative outlet. It was my place of play. It's where I felt alive. Um, and suddenly that was taken away. Like the club was my church. Like that was my community, my space. And I was like, I need to find something that I can even just what to do with my energy and so I had found myself just going back to journaling because I'd definitely fallen off my morning pages um something I've tapped in and out of um but I got back into it and uh, I was just having conversations with friends and I was like oh yeah I'm just I think I want to I want to do the artist way again and you know it feels like a time it's been like it's it been six years since I'd done it I'd done dipped in and out and then I had a couple of other people like, oh yeah, I heard about this book. 
Ah, because you know, it's again, it's I mean, millions of copies have been sold. Oh yeah, I think my mum's got a copy on the shelf. Or like I've had the book, I've never done it, and I mean. I was going to do it with a friend and then I, I was speaking to another friend about it and they were like, I want to do it too. And I was like, oh, well, maybe just join us. And then it was just like, why don't we just have loads of people join? Um, and when I really clicked to make it into a club, I mean, first I was like, let me try it out just, you know, for, for fun. And I was like, no, this, this could be a real thing. And I... I'm an ideas person to the max. I have 25 great ideas every 10 minutes. <laughs> it's kind of a roll. And was, yeah, I'm going to do this. And I think it's, yeah, so, oh, sorry, a little bit of a sidebar, but um, I figured out that I have ADHD end of last year as well. And that was a whole journey in itself. And I understood why I have loads of ideas and also been very frustrated most of my life that I could not manage to bring mm. them to life. I'd start, I'd, you know, buy the website domain, you know, <laughs> reach out to a couple people, get on board, and then I'd just be like, oh, I'm bored of them now, like, ah, I'm good, or like, oh, there's another idea, let me get on that. And that's just been very much a cycle in my life. Um, but with this diagnosis, I was, I was able to recognize what was going on. And I think it came exactly at the time when I was birthing the Artist Recovery Club. And um, I really wanted to try the medication, full disclosure here, um, getting the juice. Um, and it kind of changed my life because for the first time I was able to focus on things and stay focused. And this happened exactly at the time when I was, you know, creating Artist Recovery Club. And... Um, I mean, I have to say, it wasn't like, oh, that was just the idea right in front of me and I just went with that. It also ticked pretty much everything that I love and what I'm about and what I want to be about. You know, it's about community, about healing. Music is a big part of it. Creativity, arts, connecting, transformation. These things are really, really important to me. And, um, and so, yeah, I guess the universe, the South... God, as Julia would say, brought it together and, and I was able to focus long enough to get this club off the ground. I mean, yeah. And then I think also what absolutely just, you know, sort of inspired me was the immediate response. Like I, I put it up on my stories like, hey, I'm going to do this. And so many people were like, oh my God, I think I need this. Or were like, I've got the book, never finished it, I have to do this. And, or like I heard about it. And that definitely also just kept me focused. I was like, okay, there is a demand for this. And because I could relate it back to my own journey of being blocked to, you know, working through that, like being a blocked shadow DJ to actually DJing and then... um yeah, using the experience that I've had through that in the course just also makes it very sort of of now. The book can be a little bit dated. It's like written in the 90s, uh, you know, middle class, white American lady. And 
Uh, no disrespect, Julie Cameron is a don for writing this book. The tools work, it works. And But there's just, you know, her references are dated and maybe a little bit, you know, of a specific culture that might not resonate with others. And for me, being a woman of colour, I have a different life experience. So I really, I really make want to make sure that that flavour is brought into the course you know, my experiences and how I step into the world and a new generation. I mean, this book was written before social media existed. I think chapter 13 needs to <laughs> needs to be written. Just, you know, the artist's way and create recovery in relationship to uh, social media. So that's things that I add, you know, because they, I mean, it's probably one of the biggest blocks we come across is, you know. Scrolling. So, yeah. Scrolling and Dealing. scrolling and comparing. Scrolling. <laughs> scrolling and comparing i mean if you know it's 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 really a miracle any art gets made in these days so yeah um that that really got um the club off the ground wow and yeah and you you've touched on it a couple of times that there's a, there is a spiritual um element to it and i know that um friends of mine who've done it have found have sort of struggled with that I mean I'm in 12-step recovery which is a spiritual program and I know that Julia Cameron was also in 12-step recovery so there's a lot of similarities um and yeah but I know but how do you kind of get around that with people do people do you find people in the group also struggle with that or is that something that you struggled with yes uh, like absolutely struggled with I almost chucked the book when it you know at the first mentions of God and I was like nah not for me um but also I think that was also part of my healing was my disconnect from spirit now I wouldn't say that necessarily God was the one for me and I think you know and and I make it very clear in the club like it's a personal choice God your relationship to spirituality and for the course to work, you don't actually have to believe in God or any of it. We just ask you to do the exercises and stick to the program and it will work just as much. But what I for my for me personally, what I've found is that I've just I've I, I don't know, maybe I'm still figuring out. I, I love my like I was raised pretty much atheist, but I'm so loving my personal journey with spirituality at the moment because there is just some things, I feel it in the dance, I feel it in music, I feel it in art, I feel it in connection to other people, you know, in the most cliche and straightforward way, if anything, God is love, an energy, something we cannot see, feel, touch, but so deeply feel and see and, you know, um, for me, it comes down to like being open. You know, we live in like such a polarized world. If anything, you don't have to believe in any of it, but like having the openness and the respect that others might. And this goes two ways is for me where the essence lies. It's like it's it's a personal choice and you have your own relationship. I This is where I'm at with spirituality. I have my own relationship with it and I feel everybody should have their own. If anything, how, you know, it's this idea that we live in a responsive universe. We're all made of atoms. We're bobbing around and <clears throat> we can be intentional with where we bob, I guess. And that's really what the Artsway does. And that's 
where the spirit quote unquote spiritual spirituality mm. lies and i think yeah i mean i i i kind of work with people um taking people through the 12 steps and and often people have you know and and myself included i was really not convinced um and didn't think i wanted to or could believe in god or a higher power but when it was put to me in very simple terms of just thinking of the word when the word god comes up changing it to good and then i could sort of think of good yeah. energy i could certainly identify that there was like times in my life when i'd been driven by good energy and good things had happened and I had met good people and done good things and there were times in my life where I'd been driven by dark energy and done dark things and been drawn to dark situations and so I was just trying to channel into the good rather than the dark and and kind of like a really simple way and I felt like that for me was the seed from which it grew and now yeah I'm very much into kind of I'm also very much on a spiritual path and very much into kind of consciousness and awareness and just tapping into that heart heart space and um yeah that feeling of connection to to yeah. self and others and and the world around you um I think you know we we do become so sort of disconnected I, I mean I became so very disconnected from myself and anything around me and that was a very dark place to be and actually kind of getting back to connection with self and others that feels like for me where a sort of a creative energy lives it's like you say it's it's doesn't come from the head and from thinking it comes from the heart and from feeling yeah and, and I think that's also then the magic in the art is that connection that is made that you cannot explain you cannot sometimes even put words to and it's why we're drawn to art you know as humans because it's connection and you know bringing it all the way back to like the start of all this the connection with yourself is so important it's above anything yeah absolutely and you the tagline of your artist recovery club is that a colonized mind cannot create can you talk to me about that yes it's such oh. a great Concept. I mean, <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, it kind of says it all. A colonized mind cannot create. It's acknowledging that we're hit by trauma, and it lives in our mind. And so, you know, whether we're colonized by the the concepts and ideas or thoughts, while we're raised by the people around you that raised you, from society, jobs, friends, it's all clutter that sits in our mind and colonizes our own being and when we uh we when we don't free ourselves from that when we're stuck in it that's what blocks us so yeah it's a call to action a colonized mind cannot create it's like un like free yourself i, I used the word colonize because it's a force that has, sometimes has to be fought but it is the way to get to creating and i know that simple act of paying attention to yourself to your own mind your own thoughts your own ideas and that's again back to the morning pages that's where they all come out is revolutionary and I think we live in a time that calls for revolutionary thinking and being (laughs) 
Ah, Ruby, what an absolute legend. So happy she could join me on the podcast. She's definitely inspired me to keep up my morning pages, which I do sporadically at best, I'd say. Um, And I'm also definitely so keen to sign up for the course myself at some point. If you want to find out more about Ruby, you can follow her on Instagram at rubysound. And there you should be able to find out more about the next Artist Recovery Club when that's happening. Uh, and I believe it's at the, the next one is starting in September. So hurry up and get on it if you're interested. Um, no time like the present. Why not grab that inspiration you're feeling right now and do something really amazing that's bound to change your life. Me. If you've enjoyed this episode or any other episodes in the podcast and want to support me to continue making them, then there is actually something you can do. So first of all, tell your mates, share it in your stories, in your WhatsApp groups, send it to people you think would appreciate it. Um, And you can also follow the podcast on Spotify or Apple or wherever you're listening. And on Apple, uh, if you want absolute bonus points, you could write a little review saying that you've enjoyed it. It really does make a difference uh, and I appreciate every single one of you who's listened, got in touch so far. Big, big thank you. Really, really sending love to you. All right then, uh, looking forward to seeing you next time. Till then, take care. Bye. Bye.